We are always fortunate to have Zach Abraham join us in the Todd Herman Show, so we always love it. But, man, this week we are so lucky to have him because of all the interesting news about cryptocurrencies. First, we are broadening the scope of Canada's anti-money laundering and terrorist financing rules so that they cover crowdfunding platforms and the payment service providers. And you thought you owned your cryptocurrency. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. And it's our responsibility to be wise stewards of the resources God lends us. Zach Abraham joins us, Chief Investment Officer, Bulwark Capital Management, and my very good friend. Zach, where were you uh, when the news was delivered that the dictator of Canada has determined that uh, truckers who bring bouncy houses for kids are terrorists and therefore uh, seize everybody's bitcoins? Where, well, when did it? When did it come down? Was I down that last week? Yeah, Ooh. I think you were down uh, playing golf with the pros. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I still I heard it, and I was telling you, uh, I was telling you off the air. I got the privilege to play with uh, Adam Scott, who's an Australian guy, and he was telling me about all the. I think it was based off the news on the Canada truckers, and he was telling me about all the crazy stuff in Australia. You know, pretty similar story, but. Um, this one in Canada was pretty remarkable, you know, referring to is is anti-terrorist acts. Um, what happened to peaceful protests, man? Like I, I, it's just, yeah. I, we knew it was heading this way, but it's just shocking to see it. And, and this is why I have been resistant to fully embrace crypto. I understand the theory and I even think it can work in some cases, but that is if you're trading amongst one another, uh, cryptocurrencies and you don't ever intend to go exchange it into cash, et cetera. And if that you establish a society based on that, okay. Um, but people who think that you own this stuff when there are governments, as you've said very well, Zach, that governments have armies, cryptocurrency people at this point don't. Um, therefore, the tiny Trudeau, the dictator up there, when he says we're going to go after the payment providers, what that means is we're, we're going to cut you off at the neck, is what I understand it. Now, you can still have your, your tokens. You can still have your coins. Good for you. But you don't have the capacity to trade them in for value outside of the, the group of people, the small group of people with whom you interact. Do I get that right? Well, yeah. So, so yes, that's always been the problem we've had is, okay, let's say they don't crack down on crypto but they disallow money transfers from any cryptocurrency trading exchanges, right? So people can't get cash out, then you don't need to get rid of crypto, right? Just keep it from being converted into currency that they can use at the grocery store and it's game over. Yeah, and that, so I mean, this, this would require the construction of a completely parallel society. And I had uh, Dr. Duke Johnson on from Heart of Hope Health in, in uh, Idaho, Hayden, Idaho, they're a parallel society hospital cash only, but there's the cash, right? 
Now, I guess they could take crypto only or take crypto. But if that crypto is only valuable to say, even in a small area like North Idaho, if it's only valuable to say a thousand or 10,000 people here, it's not truly anything equal to, you know, a dollar or a hundred bucks you can trade, right? Yeah. And, and I think the really important thing, and, and I'd like to speak specifically to crypto fans listening. I, I, I've had this conversation a million times and people on both sides of the argument are, get angry with me, right? I, what, what you need to understand is that I understand why you like crypto. And I guarantee you those people that are the huge crypto fans are looking at you, Todd, and going, why isn't Todd Herman getting this, you know? And what, what I'm trying to tell those people is, guys, single asset class investing does not work over the long term. You're going to get smoked, and it's for all the reasons that you talk about. And like I said last time I was on, open your mind. It's not because Bitcoin is bad that the government's going to ban it. It's because it's good. I'm not dogging Bitcoin. The world would be better if it ran on Bitcoin. It really would. It'd be more free. There'd be more liberty. There'd be, you know, it'd be much more sound monetary policy. But it, that's, they're not going to let that happen. Right. And that's my whole thing is I love it. I love it. I remember the day it was launched. I was sitting there going, this is awesome, but they're not going to allow it. And, and look, I, I want to say to people who say I don't get it just because I don't agree with you on its 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 importance level. I agree with Zach. You better believe taking the government out of determining what it, what a, a you know, an hourly rate is worth or or what, you know, our currency is worth. Heck, yeah. The, 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 the Federal Reserve is corrupt. The Treasury is corrupt. They don't care about the rules. The rules are for the little people. Of course, I would like to see this actually democratized in a rational, mathematically backed sense. Of course. And it's hard to seize my land. Harder. They don't get to cut off my payment provider. And, and the founders couldn't have foreseen Bitcoin, but they foresaw tyranny. So there's a reason I have the Second Amendment. It's easier for me to defend my land if God forbid we ever get to that place uh, with my neighbors than it is for me to defend my cryptocurrency because my crypto, you just said, Zach, we're going to just turn the switch off. Yeah, you know, there's so many historical parallels that it reminds me of, Todd. And first of all, um, for the people that are huge crypto fans out there, again, I get it and I'm with you. You, a lot of these people have first, you know, in the last few years have really come to understand what the term fiat currency means, mm-hmm. right? And literally for the first time in history, we've got people, we've got very small groups of people that have the ability to, like you said, conjure, create money out of thin air. And, and what people don't understand is every time you hear the Federal Reserve or the European Central Bank talk and they say, we're going to do this, the only reason they can do this is because they can create money out of thin air. And if you think they're going to cede that control, it reminds me of William Tyndall in the, was it the 1600s? Or yeah, I think it was the 1600s where he, he, tra- he translated the Bible for the first time out of Latin so, so the average guy could read it, right? So the average guy could get access to the truth, right? Religious, uh, real money, right? It's like the, the, the religious version of real money instead of fiat. Yeah. And, and they... In the state, they burned him in the state, right? So, uh, I we need to look at the, the, there are tons of parallels in history. And if you think that these people 
that literally control the global financial system are going to turn that control over to you and me and our crypto friends, it, that, it has nothing to do with the validity or the efficacy of crypto. It has to do with the level of control these people want over the system. And cryptocurrency ain't going to be the thing that stops it. There's a bill, Zach, and I, I, I fully agree with you. Um, we're seeing, if people don't get this yet, you are seeing the arrival of global tyranny. And I'm very, very sorry if you cannot see past this horribly scary flu with a 99.87% survival rate. That's I, I, I'm sad that you can't see past that to understand what we're seeing installed. There is, and this is from a crypto site, um, Biz Talk yesterday, U.S. Congressman Warren Davidson, Republican of Ohio, introduced legislation designed to prevent any agency um, head from prohibiting or restricting the use of any user's virtual currency uh, or to conduct transactions through a self-hosted wallet. Uh, at least it's an attempt, agent, any agency's head, uh, but that's in the United States. They can block this stuff at a global level, right? Yeah. I Look, like I said, it's just simple. Currently right now, everybody's like, well, these companies are going to start, um, you know, they're going to start, uh, taking crypto, right? You heard Tesla sit there and they're going to start taking crypto. Okay. Or they did at one point and then I think they stopped or whatever. My whole point is use Tesla for an example. What do you think would happen if the federal government called Elon Musk and said, okay, Elon, we can't tell you, you can't take crypto. What we will tell you though, is if you continue to take crypto, we will no longer give you the subsidies and the kickbacks off the sale of every electric vehicle. Right? So if they did that, Tesla would be negative capital and it would go broke. Right. Right. So what's Tesla going to do? They're going to quit taking crypto. Yeah. I, I think you, you and I have talked about this. Um, you know, I had a friend who was the chief risk officer, management officer uh, for a, a major bank. Zach, this bank was so major, it backed the paper of Washington Mutual. Remember Washington Mutual? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, so they backed Washington Mutual's paper. Washington Mutual was a very successful bank when the yeah. um, when the and don't ever say it was a coordinated hit on Bear Stearns just because it was a coordinated hit. And you can read the article taking down Bear Stearns just so that you can confirm that the coordinated hit on the U.S. financial system wasn't coordinated. It was coordinated. Um, when they, when they stress tested the system and, and we're taking you know, down these banks, my friend got a visit, um, from his board. Hey, how are we with Washington mutual? My friend went through the books of Washington mutual said, they're not very exposed to the junk housing loans, the, the junk bond rollups of all the you know risky loans that they put together. Um, another conjuring. And they're not, they're barely exposed. And in fact, here's the thing. If they lost all their houses, they were gone. And, it, and let's say they didn't even have the assets of the houses anymore. Let's say that they're just gone. Um, Washington Mutual could cover themselves by selling two buildings. That's how little exposed they were. Okay. So he said, we're good. We can back these guys, continue to be their underwriter, their backer. Two weeks later, at a board meeting, in walk the feds. Hey, good morning. I understand you're having a board meeting. Uh, you are going to get out of the Washington Mutual business. Jamie Dimon now owns that bank. Get out. And the board pushed back. No, hey, look, they're not that exposed. And what they were told, and my friend told me this face-to-face -face about a year before he committed suicide. He said, I was told face-to-face, -to -face, Jamie Dimon owns that bank. Get out of the way or we are going to pull your FDIC rating and insurance. Get me now, 
how you like me now. Get out of the way. So tell my listeners who Jamie Dimon is. Well, that's a funny story. Jamie Dimon is interesting story, Todd. Jamie Dimon was the right hand man of Sandy Sandy Wild, the guy that was that was in charge of. Uh, you'll like the twist in this story. Sandy Wild is single handedly, in my opinion, and I, I actually wrote a term paper about it in college. Sandy Wild was single handedly responsible for the dissolution of Glass Steagall, right? The job, the the law that was put in after the Great Depression to separate investment and insurance and, 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 and different kind of banks. So after the great depression and uh, it actually made a lot of sense, they said, okay, no more super banks, right? If you're an investment bank, you need to be an investment bank. You can't do consumer banks. If you're a commercial bank, you got to do commercial banking. If you're an insurance company, you got to do insurance. You got to keep it separate. That law existed till 1999 and St. Kyle merged Citigroup with travelers insurance group in direct violation of Glass-Steagall. And I remember at the time sitting back going, how can he do this? Well, six months later, Glass-Steagall was repealed. Okay, guys like Sandy Wild don't take those kind of risks, right? He got the okay from Washington, D.C. You know, somebody gave him the... And, and D- Jamie Dimon was his right-hand man, and then, and then Jamie Dimon got hired out of Citigroup and then took over J.P. Morgan. So I, you're as interconnected as you can possibly get and when you can violate a congressional law like that, that's been in place for 80 years, 70 years, that really, and think about it, seven years after they got rid of that law, we have the greatest financial crisis since the Great Depression. Coincidence? I don't think so. But yeah, so Jamie Dimon's right in there. I mean, that's, that's you know, he's part of the cabal. Yeah, and, and that bank, Washington Mutual, was gone. People were fired. It was consumed. Its assets were transferred over. And all they ever needed to do was sell one building in Times Square, one building in Los Angeles, and even just to cover the spread. Uh, so let's talk about this, Zach Abraham. And, and Todd, one, Todd, one more thing. Is it, is, it, is it funny to you that the guy that was intimately involved with the dissolution of Glass-Steagall also picked up another bank in the, in the great financial crisis right, at pennies on the ball? Oh, I, he originally... It's he originally, I'm giggling on the inside. The Fed, yeah, the, the Fed originally agreed a deal to, to, for him to buy out the bank for two and a half bucks a share, which was just highway robbery. Then they came back and made him pay 10, I believe is what it was. But to your point, to your point how in the world could they approve a deal at 250 a share and then later four exit? What it just shows you is that there were a lot more assets there than they were hooking up their buddy James. Oh, and look, the hookup is left and right. This is why I call it the party, because this was in the same time frame, Zach, as I had a congressman from Texas meet with me privately in his office and show me some of the bills that the uh, the Democrats were pushing at the same time as Jamie Dimon was out scooping things up at dimes on the dollar using the force of the federal government. That, according to my friend Steve, I wasn't there, but that according to my friend Steve, um, the same time that was going on, Congressman showed me um, some pending bills under Obama's first term. One was called, as I recall, the Fair Housing Occupancy Act. I think that's what it was called. You'll love this. Um, if a bank's uh, home had been unoccupied because they had to kick a bunch of people out of the houses. If it was unoccupied, any community organizing organization could go to a bankruptcy judge and petition for occupancy. Therefore, they could put people into the house who would live rent free. 
the property tax and the upkeep on the property would be the responsibility of the bank. And what they were saying and how they were selling this to the, to, to, to the, they're trying to sell it to the bankers was, well, you've lost this asset. And the bank's just going, no, we haven't lost the asset. We lost the cash flow, but we haven't lost the asset. We still own the land and the house. And they said, nope, you are to write the assets off your balance sheet as if they have disappeared into thin air and you're to let these people live there. And that didn't pass. But I asked the congressman, is it me or is this a rating of the treasury? That congressman looked at me and said, son, if the American people actually understood what was going on in this town, they would be here with pitchforks and torches. And that's a great example. And from your backyard, now this is new. I don't know if you've been tracking this. I, I mean, you you track finances for so many people at Bulwark Capital Management. You have it's great purview nationwide, globally. Did you see the new thing they want to do in Washington state where they intend to charge you property tax based upon the highest and best use of your land? I have not seen that. All right. So let's say that you, your, your home is, and this, I'll go with the real world scenario. Our home, I don't think we ever had you over, but um, up above Normandy Park, five bedrooms, you know, beautiful older house, um, big bonus lot, uh, you know, double parking for an RV, uh, easy place to put a sport court or a pool, uh, three stories high, looked at putting another story on during the winter, unobscured view of the sound. And during the summer, some pocket views, 300, no, 280 degree view. Um, so the house, we bought it 300 grand, sold it for six and six and a half, almost 700,000. Um, if a developer had come Zach and said, you know what, I could put six units here and, and four of those units would have unobstructed views of the sound. I can have a, a clubhouse in the back. I can have underground parking because of how this is structured. This land is worth $2.8 million dollars. What they want to do in Washington state is charge you property tax for the highest and best use, according to people who, oh, I don't know. I'm thinking like maybe BlackRock or, right, some of the mobsters. Yeah. And so, yeah. funny thing, if I were to start getting the bill for my property taxes at, I'm, I'm going to calculate, oh, 25000 bucks a quarter. I might not be able to pay that up from 2,500 bucks a quarter, but that's what we'd be talking about. And what would I be? I mean, then someone would buy it for me, Zach, but probably at a really fair price, right? Yeah. Yeah. They, they do you a solid. Yeah. They, I mean that I haven't heard about it, but I'm going to go read about it as soon as we get off there. But, uh, but it doesn't surprise me, right? It's consistent with everything else they're doing in terms of um, I just, I don't think people are good enough students of history, meaning uh, by hook or by crook. Right. When, when you have absolute power corrupts, absolutely. And, and these people can live. I say, it, you, you said it. If people have, if the average guy had a full understanding of what the Federal Reserve and the U.S. government were doing and what the Treasury is doing, they, they would be just gobsmacked. I see the looks on my clients that come in that are doctors, that are lawyers, that are really smart. And I explain it to them. And then I walk them through. The, you know, the, uh, the Fed minutes, I walk, this isn't hidden. It's just hidden in esoteric language that the average guy doesn't understand. And it's not because he's dumb. It's just because he doesn't do it for a living, you know? And, and this esoteric language is really, it's part of the, it's part of the plan, right? It's, it's, let's just talk highbrow and tell the average Joe at home that he's going to be all right. That's all he needs to know, right? right? 
Yeah, and and uh, it's you know we we've talked about it before the, the way that they have you know cooked, essentially cooked the books and stepped in and bought corporate bonds. Um, no, it's it's corrupt through and through. The system is absolutely corrupt. All right, so let's talk when we, uh, we as we continue. I want to talk about the inflation news because I said at the top of the show this is a day that we're truly lucky to have you here. I mean, we're always lucky, but but we need you. Because what we're seeing, uh, Charlie Munger, you told me who he is. He's Buffett's right-hand dude. Uh, He's worried about this little thing called societal collapse because of inflation. Hmm. So we'll talk about that. So while we're talking about uh, big mobbed-up companies, let's talk about um, a good, great, decades-long business run by my friend Dave the Digital. Dave is a um, he is a Christian uh, and conservative in the tech business for decades. He's had GreenhavenInteractive.com. And you, if you have not done an audit yet of your business, please go do an audit of your business. If you're an ad agency, if you are, a, you know, if you're helping businesses, if you're on the board of a business, go search the business's name on Google. If you're not in the top three to five returns, you have a problem. Um, and go do that as well when you're looking for the category of business. For instance, you could look at financial managers near me and see where you land. Uh, if it's not in the top three to five, you have an issue. So there's a, there's a quick way to fix that, which is to ship some money to Google. And then you'll pay for every single click. And then you're pay, buying into the auction system. So then the price to buy that goes up. Or you could go pay my friend Dave the Digital at GreenhavenInteractive.com. He'll use what's called search engine optimization to make sure that you get the respect that you deserve from Google's algorithm. All right. That's what he'll do. He'll put a team on it. They'll come back and show you what needs to get done. You can do it or they'll do it for you. The the actual work, the changes to the websites and the social sites. Here's all you need to do to make sure you get the respect you deserve as your business from Google is go to greenhaveninteractive.com. That's greenhaveninteractive.com. So Zach Abraham's with us. Uh, So Charlie Munger, says that fiat currency is going to zero um, over 100 years. He's the number two man at, uh, at the journal, uh, the journal's annual meeting, Warren Buffett's number two man, held this daily journal annual meeting uh, and had reminded people that, that, you know, democracies die and societies collapse when fiat currencies go away. And he's saying in the next 100 years, uh, that's, I don't know how sunny a picture that is, that, that this dude is now talking societal collapse. Well, and, and that's kind of what you and I were talking about. You're never going to hear Buffett say these kinds of things, um, because he and, he and Munger's politics don't really align, uh, despite the fact being partners. And I'm not trying to vouch for Munger as a person. Um, but I mean, again, know your history. This is not new. The Romans called it bread and circuses and clipping coins. Right. Uh, you, you think of uh, was a king was a king. I think I think it was King Henry of England that borrowed a bunch of money from Spain, defaulted on the loan. I mean, it, this is a that's it, it's so funny when I hear the Federal Reserve rant and rave and get all freaked out over deflation, because the question I'll ask them is, hey, how many societies have collapsed because their currency appreciated too much? <laughs> <laughs> never, never. Now, now it means that there are some tough times. Right. But we used to call that life. Not everything is good all the time. Despite the fact that my kids want to eat candy for every meal, I don't let them. And, and that deflationary aspect of an economy is how we used to clean out the trash. Right. The weak hands fold up. 
the incompetent, the fraudulent hands fold up, they go bankrupt, it cleans out the system, and we repair. When you keep doing what the Federal Reserve is doing, it's the same as, you know, uh, uh, wildfire policy in California, right? We're not going to clean out the forest. We need to leave them untouched. Well, five years later, we're having the most intense wildfires of all time. Um, and, and, you know, look at it now, right? There's something little tiny that goes wrong in the system or rates go up a little bunch and it throws all this volatility because everything has been so sterilized with this constant printing of free money. Um, the collapse of it's inevitable. I don't think it's going to be something that you're going to see. I don't think we're going to be full Weimar Republic in seven or eight years. I, it's possible. I, I see it as an extreme outside chance. But that, and the only reason for that, Todd, is that the dollar is still the world reserve currency. Yeah. If it wasn't, it would plummet. Um, and that to me is what's really interesting about the tensions that we have with Russia and China right now, because Ru- especially Russia, but, and I don't, I don't like to say this, but Russia and China have legitimate rights, meaning because we're the reserve currency of the world, we can run deficits to the moon and we never have to worry about currency valuation yet, right? It's only a matter of time until both those players, and if you look at the economic powerhouse that China's become, you know, I think that they're, I, I think China's horrible. I am not saying that they're better than us. I don't trust their government more than ours. I think it's even worse, but I'm just saying they're not going to take this forever. And when, if they become the world, when they become the world's largest economy and they demand transactions in other currencies, who's going to fight them, right? Who would have fought us when we were the number one? And it's inevitable. Yeah. And, and this is where, you know, we start to look at this inflation. This is funny. Um, you've been warning people for seven, eight years about this and, and using your bond replacement strategy to help people you know, understand that maybe bonds aren't that safe if they're going to get crushed under inflation uh, and maybe you need to rebalance. And that's one of the things you do is you focus on risk at Bulwark Capital Management. I love this headline uh, from, from CNN. Hey, Todd, one, yeah. hey one, one quick thing that people need to understand. We've been talking about this for a long time. And yeah. so I think people are immune to it. Last year, bond funds on average due to rising rates were down 5 to 6% without any fees charged. So far this year, they're down another 6%. Okay, you've lost 12% in the last 14 months on an instrument that is paying you less than 1.5% a year in interest. Wow. And most of them, Todd, Todd most of them, it's even worse than that because the bond fund is yielding 2.5%. The advisor's charging them one5 and the bond fund has internal fees of 50 basis points. And, and they're getting, yeah, they're getting drilled. And, and the fact that people are still putting money in bonds, I'm like, guys, this is the slowest moving train wreck of all time. If you're going to get run over by bonds, it's because you want to. For crying out loud, get out of bonds. <laughs> wow. Okay, you're right. That it is, it's, we, we used to call that a fanord. It's something you hear or see so often that you become immune to hearing or seeing it. It's like the word fresh. Right. Everybody says, oh, our, our, our you know, subway has fresh bread. Well, w- plus yoga mat. So it's not, it's, you know, it's not necessarily uh, just that it's not that fresh. But all right, let me give you this CNN headline. Uh, I'll do this in the, in the voice of, uh, of Grim Milestone. You know what's so funny is I've been using the Grim Milestone name for years. That I, I still, to this day, people will say, oh my gosh, every time I read an article and it says the United States has reached a grim milestone, they think of the character. <laughs> All right. So this is grim milestone. Here we go. 
This is the worst inflation in 40 years, but it was so much worse back then. I'm Grim Milestone for CNN News. <laughs> it was it was so much worse back. They can't even deliver straight news without trying to help the Biden. Oh, how was it worse 40 years ago? We're not even yet into the full effects of this. And we're still doing the sugar rush thing and the, and the conjuring of monies. And it wasn't worse. It's just, it, it, I understand it this way, Zach. They weren't quite doing as much conjuring and lying and glossing over the catastrophe to come. Like they were, they were a sort of a letting the catastrophe be there back in the day. Is that, is that a fair synopsis? Yeah. I mean, and I, and I think, I don't think it's controversial to say that at all. Okay. So if you go back right now, we just had what a 7.3, 7.4% CPI print. Okay. So, so inflation's coming in at plus 7%. CPI. You got to stop CPI consumer price index. Yeah. Okay. Don't do that to us. Consumer yeah. price index. All right. Well, and that's the other thing too. If you're looking at the, Oh yeah, sorry. Consumer price index. So here's say CPI. Just think of that's how the fed thinks of inflation. Well, when you look at the way, even that number is doctored, Todd. So if you ran today's numbers, through the way that we factored CPI or inflation in 1980, we'd be running probably around 11 to 12. Okay. If, if then they rejiggered it again in the late eighties, early nineties, if you use that methodology, we'd be running at probably nine to 10. Okay. When you look at as shockingly high as the CPI number is and how high it's jumped, it's not telling the full story because it doesn't bake in food, fuel, housing, clothing, or medical costs. <laughs> Yeah, so it, it really is a useless metric. But but to show you even further, when we were in the early 80s, uh, when we had 7% inflation, I think the Fed funds rate was at 9, right? Trying to combat inflation. Today, you've got 7% and it's in CPI, the rejiggered format, right? Which is even watered down. And you're still at a 0% Fed funds rate. The thing people need to understand is why is that? Why is that? It's an admission by the Federal Reserve that they cannot normalize monetary policy. If they don't keep this fake environment going, everything blows up. It's craziness, craziness. Uh, so we're going to talk about some solutions. But uh, with Zach Abraham, but there's some things that we also need to cover off real quickly because this is all horribly frightening and it's navigable. Um, but it's also just part of the bigger picture. Uh, Twitter has an interesting little bit of a double standard, which would mean there's a hidden agenda in relation to the Canadian truckers. We'll talk about that. Since we are talking with Zach Abraham, uh, let me just remind you that Zach has been helping people exit companies that may have come to them and, and forced them or conned them or tried to blackmail them into getting injected when they didn't want to. Um, and so some folks from Boeing, uh, and there's a lot of great, wonderful people at Boeing. If you live in Seattle, probably, you know, at least five out of 10 of your neighbors are Boeing people, depending on where you live, sometimes seven out of 10. So they went to Zach and they said, hey, look, we've got this VLO early retirement, but most did not think they were able to retire. So Zach, you know, didn't, didn't guess or feel they ran the numbers at Bulwark Capital Management, came back and said, actually over half of them found out they could retire. And of course, as you hear him talking, he clearly emphasizes risk management at Bulwark Capital Management. He's also a truth teller in the industry. So just call him if you're wondering, hey, could I early retire? Could I send the note? And I love this note to the HR people. Hey, so about the forced injection 
Yeah, let's flip that. I'm going to force you to pay me to not work, but maybe I'll send you some pictures from vacation. So Zach obviously has the experience to guide you through these numbers. So simply call him, not now because he's on the podcast with me. Or wait, no, we're recording this. Call him now, 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. And do remember this, prior to becoming a client, investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. Um, and Zach is with us. So before we get to some of the fixes because um, or you know ways to hedge, um, one of my friends just demanded friend privilege that I ask you about silver. We'll do that. Um, let's connect some of these dots with this. A former Facebook analyst has noticed something. And man, this is think, think, think the good Lord. We've got analysts to notice this. That we need, we care. Frederick says that we are trending towards China's social credit system. I just say, how on earth did she notice that? That's you got to be an analyst to figure that figure that one out. Uh, let's tie this all back together about how fixed the system is, Zach. If this thing is going to collapse, it's eventually going to happen, and they're waiting in the wings to rescue people. Oh look, we're going to have our own digital coin from the federal government, and oh look, we're going to be able to take money out of your account. They can't do that without a social credit system. They can't make that change. Is that right? No, yeah, they can't do it, and I think that uh, I think that people really underestimate you know, the, like we were talking about, they underestimate what they can, what they can do. But like you said, they cannot do it without a social crediting system because they have to have a mechanism to be able to pull that, right? You, you, they got to have a kit, stick and carrot, yep. right? The carrot is doing it wrong. The stick is, is the seizure assets. Yep. Um, and, and when you, I, here's the other thing, Todd, I don't think that this move, um, because what you're looking at, I think Bitcoin and crypto is an example of this. Charlie Munger's talking about fiat currencies failing. These people know that, right? And so what I think that they're going to do is is when this system begins to collapse, they're going to create, like you said, a Fed coin. Maybe it's a currency backed by the IMF. But you look at all the indebtedness that's been caused by monetary policy and artificially low rates. Yeah. Okay. Launch that new monetary system. And that monetary, that currency, and it's going to be as simple as saying, hey, if you join our currency coalition, we'll forgive your sovereign debt. <laughs> so there'll be, there'll be celebrations in the streets, right? This yeah. will be seen yeah. as the savior, right? They're, they're saving us. They're forgiving our debts. And, and you know this, Todd, when the full totalitarian grip comes down, it'll be met with applause, not, not tears. Right. Right? It'll be met with applause. The people will cheer their 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 captives, right? Um, and that's at least the way we see it playing out. And uh, I think there's a lot of historical backing for that. Well, I do too. And, and you know, we we before we talk about silver and, and some of the things as we wrap up with Zach Abraham, I just point this out. You and I were talking about this earlier. Um, Clay Travis points this out that Twitter uh, has Twitter said it wouldn't allow the sharing of the Hunter Biden laptop story because it contained hacked info, which it actually didn't contain hacked info. He left the laptop at a repair place and probably fell deeply, deeply in love with a meth pipe and a 14-year-old cousin um, fell in love with her for a couple of hours. 
Um, yet Twitter is freely allowing the sharing of all hacked names of the Canadian trucker donors. <laughs> so you made a donation to um, um, the the cons- one of the conservative um, uh, crowdfunding sources, which is you know it was very quickly hacked. Imagine that, and they're giving out the names of the donors. Twitter's allowing that. I think people need to understand when I talk about the party. Uh, let's go through it. It's, it is big pharma. It is the media. It is tech. Um, it is the deep state Wall Street. and yeah, academia. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, well, I got to start putting wall street into that, that big tech, big finance, maybe I'll just make it big finance. Um, since they're all on each other's boards. I mean, it's the most incestuous thing you're ever going to see uh, that they're all on each other's boards. So uh, you were just talking about, there's one thing, the people who are installing this and pushing tyranny down on people, that's one thing. But you had a comment about the people who are like the people at Twitter going, we're fighting the fascists. We're like, that's, that's what drives you nuts. All right. Yeah. And, and the reason it does is because again, with a historical context, I think it's really easy to see where the threats to democracy are and where the totalitarianism comes from. And it comes from the suppression of uh, debate, right? Uh, uh, the suppression of conflicting interests. I was watching an interview. A good buddy of mine uh, did an interview, a two-hour interview with Steve Conan, who was, um, uh, uh, I mean, the guy, professor, no, excuse me, professor at a university in, um, in California, uh, got his doctorate degree in three years from MIT, worked under the Clinton and uh, Obama administrations as one of their top clim- climatologists, and is now a climatologist at NYU. Okay, so we're not talking about a guy on the far right, yeah. right? He, he wrote a recent book, which I think is a good read for everybody, about climate change and the truth behind it. And he believes that people are having an impact on climate change. But his argument is that the, the, the way that it's getting hyped, there is absolutely no scientific backing for the extreme you know, uh, cases that everybody's lying out. And he was talking about a conversation he was having behind closed doors with some well-known people high up in politics and academia. And one of the guys looked at him and he goes, listen, Steve, I agree with everything you say. I just can't say that in public. Right. <laughs> we, we, yeah. we got to feed. And, um, I, you know, I just think that that is the perfect example of what we're talking about here is that, you know, if you think that you're getting news or information, from the party, as you call it, and that it's accurate, I, you know, I, I got a bridge to sell you, right? It's what they want you to hear, um, period. And and I, <laughs> I mean, just like I said, go listen to Steve Coonan. We're not talking yeah. about some yeah. far right thing off, yeah. right? Right. He, he he didn't he didn't work for you know Steve Bannon, right? <laughs> this guy plugged in, and his whole thing was up until 2014, I bought it. And he goes, but then we sat down and really started going through the data. And he goes, I was shocked to, to, to see what, if you applied real scientific laws to the data, what it read. And it just, it didn't read what they were saying. Yeah. And, and that's, look, you can wash, rinse, and repeat that with um, the gender jacking. You can wash, rinse, and repeat it with, uh, with the COVID, you know, the, the, the masks and, the, and even the injections. I was just reading today, Alex Berenson reports that uh, the country of Scotland, which has been very transparent with their numbers, has suddenly decided they are no longer going to publish um, any COVID death data. 
because it's being misused by quote anti-vaxxers and by misused they mean taking screenshots of it and showing that oh look um 83 of the people who are dying have been injected that's a misuse of the data uh, and it's just that's that's not it's not anything to do with science it's to do with the party of brute force hence the party i hope people are starting to understand why i call it the party because well zach abraham will tell these truths where is Mitch McConnell? Uh, if our reserves come, uh, come corrupt, uh, I'm going to bring these uh, people and fraud march them in for... No. Mitch McConnell is on the phone with the feds going, uh, I need you to cover me on something here. I'm making a... I'm going to make me a bet on some fentanyl. Oh, all of a sudden, Zach can't hear me. All right. Uh, one second. Oh, I know I can fix this. Wait, hold on. Zach, can you hear me now? Yep. See, see what it did? I just fixed it. Just lickety split, man. I'm conquering the new tech. Um, so let, let's let's just focus down on now. We were talking about this, you know, coming tyranny and it was so very obvious and that it's wash, rinse and repeat with with all the techniques they use. The science is settled. If you disagree, you're an ist of some kind. You're some kind of ist. Right. And folks, by the way, this is one of the reasons that we do shows like this is Zach will tell truths that a lot of people will not. Now, I was never I, I am never going to accuse Bonville of ever doing anything. I have no disparaging comments about them at all. I simply wanted to feel free to say whatever I feel God is calling me to say. And God calls us to be wise stewards and to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. He calls on us to make sure that we, first of all, take care of our families and that we, 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 we do that and that we are able to help take care of the least of these. We're called by, by the Lord Almighty to engage in these activities. So if shows like this are meaningful to you, that we talk this way about our system as, and look, I don't know that there's a big win, you know, for, for, for being outside the system, Zach and I could put our heads down and, and just go make money and, and not tell the truth. We could do that. We could, I go play the radio game again. Maybe I will, but it'll never do it without God at the center without telling truth. So if this is meaningful to you, this might be a show you share with friends, simply email the show to 10 friends and, and say, this is something that maybe you need to know. Um, Zach, a bunch of people have asked me and, and, and most specifically a friend of mine insisted to pull friend privilege. And I, I know what you're going to say. In fact, I should just email you what I think you're going to say. But he's talking about hedging his vet bets with yet more physical silver, um, more land um, and and just really dumb, doubling and tripling down on olding, owning physical silver. Um, I have thoughts on that. I think I know what you would say, but let's just have you say what you'll say to my friend. I, yeah, I think it's, I, I think it's a good idea, um, to own physical metals. I think it's a good idea. We talked about this before, but I, I think it's a good idea. I, I, the thing I want people to understand, and it's not because I know everything you do this job long enough and you realize there's always more you don't know. Yeah. What I will tell you is this is that diversification exists for a reason. There is never one answer. And, and one of the things I would point to is uh, look at the metal uh, that they use to create magnets. It's called, I think I, I have a hard time pronouncing it. It's like neobednum or something like that. Yeah. Uh, pri- the price of that metal is up 900% in the last 16 months. Wow. Yeah. L- look at lumber, right? Now, if we thought we were going to see a 7% inflation print, how many of us would go out and bet on lumber and neobednum? <laughs> no, nobody. But, but it's my point that, yes, if we're going to protect ourselves against inflation, I think that having physical precious metals is a part of that. I think land's a big part of that. 
but stocks are too. And people go, what? No, look guys, stocks are the mechanism for which the party pushes up to make people feel better. So should we have all the money in stocks? No, but it should be part of that. We should also have exposure to energy. We should also have exposure to, you know, like we have an investment in our clients' accounts right now that is a corn fund. It invests in corn futures, right? Um, We need to spread those bets. Why? Because as somebody that studied this their entire career and pretty much their entire life, I know that you can't tell when inflation is going to hit. And you need to have widespread exposure. So I look at those people and say, hey, heed my advice. You're going to learn the lesson one way or the other. But I think silver will do well over the next five years. I don't know that it'll do better than corn. I don't know that it'll do better than gold. I don't know that it'll do better than oil. And so let's spread our bets. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as you know, I lost all my guns in a horrible fishing accident, so I don't invest in ammo anymore. Uh, but that's, that's a, that's a physical thing. Okay. So next week, uh, when we have you back, Zach, um, we're going to follow back on something. I seem to recall it was, uh, if we got 500 bucks, the special Olympics, then you were going to match that 500 bucks. And guess what? Through Alan's artisan soaps, we've done that. And then some, so yeah, great company. I know you bought that soap for your office. Uh, One day, maybe we'll get a review from you. Um, And, but you were then going to do something and you were going to do a a CrossFit workout called Karen. It's a simple little jaunt. It's, 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 you know, it it took me a 742, uh, 150, 20 pound wall balls and a 10 foot target. This isn't going to take you much time. And you were going to, you were going to do it, take video, but then you were also out of your own pocket going to match us 500 bucks to the Special Olympics and let my listeners see the video of Zach Abraham enjoying, enjoying the Karen workouts. And so I guess you took this to your trainer and he said, what's you? <laughs> so, so I'll give you the true story. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat yeah. it. So I went to the trainer. Uh, this is about two weeks ago. It was, yeah. it was two days after we did our last podcast. I had my next session with him. And uh, he's an ex-NFL NFL player. He's, he's, a, he's a tough dude. And uh, he goes, aren't you playing in the Phoenix Open next week? And I go, yeah, what does that have to do with us doing the workout? And he goes, then you can't do this. <laughs> I said, why? And he goes, Zach, you do this workout, you won't be able to walk down the fairway. <laughs> so, hey, we are, it's still on. Now, having said that, I will still, I, I've, I've got to send the, uh, the $500 matching uh, donation. Um, and where do I send that? Just out of curiosity. Tom. Well, it's just going to the Special Olympics. Uh, so for every bar of soap you buy from Allen's Artisan Soaps, when you use my name, Todd, you go to allensoaps.com. You purchase one of the gift packs and get that because you get all the scents and it's a beautiful gift pack. It's great for, for gifts to, to yourself and to your office mates. And um, you do that at allensoaps.com. And all those soaps are made in America, small batch. Um, and the purpose of the company is to employ people who have been profoundly and will always be profoundly or likely always be profoundly impacted by autism. So they do good, great, dignified work. That's how we've done it. Zach is, is one bar uh, of soap equals $1 to the special Olympics. So you just pop a check over to the special Olympics and just mention Alan's artisan soaps in that. um, So they know where that's coming from. And then, so, but you said you were starting to say, I think you said you were going to do the workout this afternoon. No, no, (laughs) no. I, we're, 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 we're eyeing my, my trainer has got me eyeing Friday. So Friday is Friday is the day. And that's probably why I didn't sleep very well. Last all right. All right. Well, again, I think last time. You, 
you predicted, what did you say last time you're going to in 15 minutes or something? Yeah, I rescinded that after I heard the time. Because <laughs> right. I know what happened last I know what happened the last time I worked out with you. And, uh, uh, you know, I do, I do, what do you call it? it it's more cosmetic workout. I say it's bro work. It's bro. <laughs> yeah. Bro work. I, I've been, I, I've, I've, I've pivoted away from the bro work. It's more practical, uh, but I'm still not, you know, I'm not like a plow horse like you are just throwing weight. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I just make sure you take the video. That's all. That's all because we got to complete the promise. All right. Zach Abraham, chief investment officer, Bulwark Capital Management. Always appreciate you, my brother. Please go with God's good grace. You as well. God bless. This is the Todd Herman Show. Uh, we're so blessed to have truth tellers like Zach on the program with us. And I would just ask to always remind you that if the program is meaningful to you, help us continue. We had 64% month over month growth. We just had 11% month over month growth. That only happens to the Lord. And if the show's meaningful, just please send it to 10 friends um, through email. It's just the best way to do it. Now, please go be well, be strong, be kind, and as always, be right with God.